0: we're live there it is what up ladies and gents hey it is friday Friday. let's talk about making some money how about that
1: how about that let's do it
2: shut up and sit down the business bros podcast was created for you Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of... Business Boots! <laughs> <laughs> there it is!
0: Two for two today! I love two for it! for Hey, uh, my 5am club says... Uh, Fridays are now officially, fuck yeah, Fridays. Nice. I'm throwing it out there. Anybody else wants to roll with it, we'll roll with it. So we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this thing off and rolling, James. Yeah. Intro, baby. Here we are.
1: It is round two for the Business Bros today. Our second guest today is passionate about business development with a five- 15-year track record. I almost said five. With a 15-year track record of elite sales and financial performance in the events industry, this rock star guest has the experience, strategic thinking skills, and business network to help you achieve unimaginable heights. If you partner with today's guest for his business development services. He will leave no stone unturned when it comes to adding value to your business. So if you're ready to increase your sales without changing your business model through simple and effective adjustments, you will not want to miss this. Joining us today from the JDMR group, welcome to the show, Joe Ramelay. Hey, everybody. That was great, James. Man, I got-
3: My bad, my bad. I cut you off a little bit there. <laughs> no, I was saying we just drive around town. You could just hide me up all. pretty nice. I like
1: that. <laughs> That's how it works, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like having your own yeah. uh, theme music everywhere you walk around.
0: Every exactly. time he does the intro, I feel like I got to rip the shirt off, put the belt over my shoulder, and like walk in the ring. like.
3: <laughs> right. or like it's like the Jordan the Bulls intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. The lights. <laughs> do, do,
1: do, 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 do. <laughs> too good, too good. Well, welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks Joe. for having me, guys.
0: Joe, tell me about you, man. Fifteen years in helping people in sales and all that stuff. Was this like something you were like born into? You've been selling stuff since you were a kid, or you know something you grew into?
3: Absolutely not. I was not born into sales. I didn't fancy myself a salesperson at all until well into my career. Um, you know, so so you know, obviously, Joe Remaley. I am a uh, Uh, small business consultant for the live event industry. I started in live events when I was fresh out of college. I went to UCSD and uh, I got fired from Home Depot and I didn't have a job and I was kind of out there on my own. So I signed up to be a stagehand and basically unload trucks for a small production company in my hometown of Temecula. And that's kind of where it started. My love for the industry grew and I worked my way up the ranks and from a sales perspective, I didn't realize I was selling, but what I was doing was I was negotiating uh, artist writers down for my clients. So uh, artists would come to a casino and there'd be a you know million dollars worth of production requested. And it'd be my job to negotiate that million dollars down to something that the my client could actually afford to bring in. You know, We had lighting, we had uh, staging, we had sound in the casino. Please use our stuff. So that was my first taste at negotiation with some of these tough uh, business owners and clients and production management. And I realized at that point, I, I am a salesperson in a way. Um, and then I kind of just continue to hone my skills on the other side, producing revenue and, and developing. Wait, 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 and stuff like hold that. up.
0: You work with famous people who are coming from you know, artists come into casinos and you're trying to lower their budgets.
3: Yeah. So, you know, casinos, uh, festivals, kind of, you know, obviously all the things that are turned off right now it, were turned off immediately in March. But all those all those uh, type of environments is, is what I've been working in in the last 15 years. Correct.
0: Oh, dude, you gotta have some good stories
3: with uh, some celebrities. Be like,
0: you mean I'm not gonna have this at my event? Like oh, this is sure. a must.
3: Yeah. Come on, man. Sure. Share
0: share some stuff. You don't have to drop any names, but show me some stories.
3: Uh, so there's or drop some names if you feel yeah okay. exactly. or I want some names. <laughs> I remember doing a show for Pitbull, and this isn't like a, this isn't gonna be a knock on Pitbull, but uh, we're doing a show for Pitbull, and he Pitbull wants it really loud on stage, and not only that, he wants a ton of bass. He wants the the speakers on stage to hit even harder than the speakers in the audience hit, basically. So he runs over to the monitor board and he's yelling at the audio engineer. I'm standing right next to him and he keeps punching himself in the face. Like during the show, the fans are still kind of tuned in. It's in between songs and he comes over to the monitor board and he's like, I need to feel it. And he's like punching himself in the face. And I just remember thinking like, uh, we're never going to be able to get it loud and, and, you know, put enough bass through this thing for Pitbull to be happy. So that's I mean, that's just one of the many stories I'm sure I could tell
0: oh bro dude like i uh the wife and i are like pitbull groupies uh we've been, we've been going to, to concerts of his i don't know like the other
3: the he other, brings another, it though he's super he passionate He brings it every single yeah. time
0: man I, yeah. I i can understand why he wants that bass like he's just jumping on the stage the whole time like it's probably because he gets tired of jumping and he wants the bass <laughs> to just like pop him up every single time exactly for sure now, he, he definitely he been, produces the energy oh 100 like uh mr worldwide over there yeah. and uh i'll give you a quick uh, fun story about about a pitbull concert uh, one of my favorite uh, uh concerts I went to was him and Kesha, and I don't know who else was was uh, on the show. First yeah. of all, it wasn't a, a great experience in the sense that I had too much to drink that time, so it wasn't that that great. But uh, I remember being you know walking into the place, and I'm bald, right? And so these people, there's, I mean, I wasn't the only one intoxicated. A lot of people are intoxicated and I had people coming up to me and like, Oh, can I take a picture? I had glasses on. They're like, Oh, oh you
3: took Worldwide. advantage of that. I know that.
0: <laughs> it was so funny. My wife kept looking at me like, really? You're going to take a picture with these girls. I'm like, Hey, they came up to me. What am I going to
3: do? When in my life Am I ever going to get a chance to take that picture? Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: No, man, you, you, you get to work with uh, with some of the, the greatest people in, in the world. And, um, it's gonna take us a, a, a certain type of of like f- finesse to try to get them down from things that they're used to they're used to getting certain things to totally. produce their shows yeah. so to be able to do that it's uh you know you can't come come at it like from an a-hole point of view you actually have to come at it come at it from uh this is what we can provide this is you know this is how we can best provide you what you're looking for that sort of stuff right
3: yeah you got to be surgical so li- you got to do a little bit of both you gotta you got to win them over. You got to show them that you care. And but you're really trying to get, you know, the bill down for your client. Because at the end of the show, they already paid, you know, whatever, uh, six figures for Pitbull to come in. And, you know, the writer's going to have another six figures worth of gear in it that you got to try to get Pitbull to sign off on. And sometimes you cut corners and you got the guy over there punching himself in the face saying you can't make your show loud enough. And you're like, oh, ah, it's already <laughs> you know we're already in the middle of the show. So not much I could do for you, Mr. Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide.
0: He's he's quite the businessman, dude. He's one of those, you know, he really took himself to the top. So I'd imagine he's quite a negotiator himself. When yeah. you're when you're doing these types of, of conversations, when you're having these types of things, do you find that uh, a lot of times the things they bend on? tend to be like, for example, like maybe you're trying to undercut on a cost at something, but you're Mm -hmm. able to provide him another value point that the casino might have as a, as a benefit, as a perk for him or, you know, other, other celebrities uh, where it kind of, you know, you're, you're catering to their personality, you're catering to their, uh, to their persona and they're willing to bring down price.
3: Yeah. That's always, it, you got to give them something and you got to know where to give and kind of where to hold the line. You, you're never negotiating directly with the artist. Obviously they have a production manager, but you'll find that production managers almost mimic the mentality or the thought process of the artist. So you're basically working with an extension of a pit bull or a George Strait or a Drake or whoever, you know, whoever uh, uh, ultimately the event is for. So, but you definitely have to be surgical with that. Yeah. Okay. We we understand that those lights do a certain thing and you need those lights, but the speakers are all the same. Can you just give on the speakers so we can save the client a couple hundred, you know, a couple hundred thousand or you know, $50,000 on monitors. And usually if you put together a logical argument, that's kind of half, look, I'm really smart at knowing this equipment and half, I'm a good salesperson that you could come out with a good outcome.
0: Now, everything changed for you, right? Like uh things shifted when we had to shut down events and that sort of stuff. Um how did that affect you? Like what what kind of shift did you have to make?
3: Well, things have been shifting for a while. So, I haven't actually been in the concert business for some years, probably 5 or 6 years. Um kind of gone back and done some quick consulting um uh, but but not full-time. I've also done um corporate events and festivals and conferences. So kind of all things surrounding events, certainly live events. So, but yeah, as you noted in in March, in the middle of March, especially in California, but really all, all around the world, everything that could be construed as a large event just turned off like a light switch. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. There's never been anything like it. And so I had just started my company. I'm obviously a live event business development consultant. And so my, you know, my ideal client base just got the rug pulled out from under them. They had no idea what was going to happen next. They didn't know how long this was going to last. Guys, they still don't know how long this is going to last. So it's definitely a scary time for live event partners. And I kind of knowing that and understanding that, I said I hung my flag up, I put up my website, I, I reached out to people on LinkedIn. I did all the things that you do when you're starting a business. But my my tone was like, hey, I'm here for you when you're ready and i'm also going to diversify out and pick up clients in other industries because at the end of the day i'm a small business consultant uh, uh you know i can develop any particular uh, you know plan for any particular business, so that's kind of what I what I started doing in, in March is reaching out to other industries and saying, "Look, you got a you got a vertical market that you want to approach. Let me build a strategy for you. Let me tune up your marketing approach. Let me uh, work a project management system into your company that helps you know improve your bottom line or top line, depending on what type of company you are." So that's what I've been doing in the last couple months.
0: You had, to, you had to really expand um, your skill set, right? Uh, you were very laser focused and literally your target got moved, right? So you had to open up totally. and, and broaden a little bit. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing from those businesses that you're working with right now that, uh, that are requiring some of that consultation? Because I'd imagine just like your industry, a lot of their normal day-to-day activities, their marketing strategies, their client base, their customer base, they all got – their rug swept out from under them too, so they're having to revamp a lot, and yeah. it it could be very overwhelming for a business. I know it can be very overwhelming for our business um, in in trying to look at things and restructure things, having employees work from home, dealing with clients, maybe not having a revenue stream to pay their bills, that sort of stuff. Uh, what kind of stuff are you seeing with the businesses you're working with?
3: Well, so it ranges in, you know, and I I I put this up on my on my social pages, but I kind of don't like the term essential business because I think it's a slight to businesses that kind of got shut down. That, um, you know, you're not essential. I don't feel like that's the right way to say it. But there's certain businesses that are relatively unaffected by, you know, the crisis or the pandemic. Some of them are actually improving because of the pandemic. Um, and it, it really all my clients are in a variety of different categories. Most of most businesses right now that I'm working with have slipped to the point where they had to lay off some people they had to get their PPP loans and some of some of the businesses I've actually helped with the PPP loans and kind of how to um, strategize where you need to keep payroll, how many employees you need to keep on to maximize the benefit of the loan. Uh, but, yeah, it's it' kind of runs a gamut. Some people are are you know half their revenue is is missing, and they're just kind of trying to limp through this to get back to the good old days. Other people, they're down twenty percent. They kind of had to lean up a little bit, but there's not a cash flow crisis. They're still in business. They're still okay. Uh, but but right now, because everything kind of slowed down, like I have some automotive clients they're repairing cars. Well, guess what? No one's driving. So no one's really wrecking cars anymore. So their business slowed down to the point where instead of having a hundred cars in the backlog, they have no cars in the backlog. They've caught their backlog and now they're waiting for cars to come in. Um, And so we find that it's a good time to install a process to build a sales strategy because the speed of business has slowed down and somebody like me could come in and quickly assess, okay, I see what's going on. I can look back and see what happened when things were busy. Now is actually a great time to build those processes.
0: So, uh, we had a Facebook question a little bit earlier on when do you think events are coming back? And I'm going to ex- kind of elaborate on that question. Uh-huh. Um, we're, we're just like what you're describing, we're doing the same thing with our business. We're implementing systems and processes in place because you have the time to do it. Like, now is the greatest time to do it. Um, when do you think a lot of these things are going to come back? We're going into phase two here in San Diego and things are um, starting to open up, but when do you think it's going to come back? Do you even have an idea? Do you have like any pulse, uh, out on, you know, what you might hear?
3: You know, I read an article two days ago that I was really intrigued by because it was um, by the CEO or the president of Bandit Lights, which is a t- uh, Tennessee, they're a Nashville-based company, lighting company. They do a lot of tour lighting for all these different acts, not just country, all over, all over the spectrum. And basically what that guy said is everyone in the event industry is waiting for June 30th. And it kind of like when you read the headline, you're like, well, what happens on June 30th? Like it's the end of the fiscal year. Like why are we waiting for June 30th? What's the big deal? Well, June 30th will mark about two, two and a half weeks outside of all the heavily concentrated protests. um, All the all the Black Lives Matter movement that kind of just naturally put a bunch of people together in both indoor and outdoor close locations, some wearing masks, not really social distancing. Kind of a lot of the things that events are surrounded by, right? so mm-hmm. so the, uh, people in the event industry are thinking, well, if if there's not a big outburst of of cases or deaths because of that, um, then why can't we do events right? You know, um, say what you want about your political affiliations, but Donald Trump is hosting a, a rally in an indoor confined location. So uh, once again, uh, event people in the event industry are wondering, well, how come these things are okay and happening? And we can't have a concert or a festival. You just saw Coachella went down for the rest of the year. So they had originally moved it to October and everyone was kind of optimistic that they could pull that off. And they just pulled the rug on October and said, we're going to put it back in, in April at 21. And now everyone's like, well, what, who, am I, who am I paying for? Who am I going to see? Did I just miss Frank Ocean for potentially the one and only time? So it's, it's really a complicated question. And I love the question. I, I, I kind of think about that every day. Um, but we're starting to see some innovative events come back. We're starting to see people do like drive through concerts. Uh, that's working its way out to California from the, from the Midwest area. Um, they just had a really successful one, I, b- I believe in LA. Um, people were honking and as their encore, they were so excited. So, I mean, you're, you're starting to see people do some innovative things, but... Um, I think what the question was asking is like, when can I go to a, to a regular event, whether it's a networking event or a convention or a, or a concert? I mean, we all, everyone would love to go to a concert right now and share experiences with others. That's like the, but that's, that just seems like it's still a bit of a question mark at this point.
0: It's a, it's a question mark, but that answer you gave is very logical in itself, right? I mean, it, it, whatever the case may be, people did gather in large amounts, right? To Mm -hmm. protest. And so whether or not they did it on purpose to, you know, guinea pig, the whole situation, they became the guinea pig. So yeah, the, the fact that we go two weeks after that and we can see, well, did the numbers spike up? Did uh, is everybody good? I mean, I, I, if you couple the black Lives movement along with, graduations, right? Mm. We saw a lot of drive-by graduations here, mm. uh, in, in San Diego. And I remember, you know, we were, we were watching on the news. So I teach school in the morning. Uh, my wife teaches high school. Also, we kind of flipped the coin. She went to the graduation ceremony. I stayed home with the kids. Uh, and, and she's telling me, she's like, Hey man, it, it's going to be on the news tonight. So check it out. I was like, all right, cool. So we threw on the news and they showed two graduations. The one she was at, the teachers are wearing masks and they're they're kind of close together. The kids aren't wearing masks. They're just driving by and like celebrating a you know, graduation. Right. But then they showed another city and they went down Main Street. None of those people were wearing masks. Everybody was close together. So, you know, you're right. You have two different uh, major events uh, in, in our country that have huge groups of people gathering together. In two weeks' time, when we have that that period – we'll be able to judge at least whether or not, Hey, this is uh, we're okay. We can open up a little more. I yeah. like that June 30th marker. in it, 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 with the logical argument it makes me feel like a, a little more hopeful.
3: Right? <laughs> like, yeah, at like least we'll know, know. Right. And if it goes South, then we'll be like, okay, I think that another thing that that will solve is the riddle of, well, did we do all this for nothing? Like, is it, did we overshoot this? We had some crazy uh, projections and numbers and everything shut down and obviously there's people that believe one way or the other i'm of the mindset of like i don't know i don't really know if we did the right thing or not as a country as a city as a state but you know i think on june 30th we'll find out because there was a lot of people broke those rules real quick and for better or for worse that's going to set the barometer of okay were we were we overly drastic with some of this stuff like why do we have to shut down why could you go to walmart and get you know a shirt but you couldn't go to a bookstore and get a book like i don't know those Mm. two things don't really like some of this stuff doesn't make sense and i'm not saying it's supposed to because it's a pandemic and guess what like they only come around every hundred years so yeah yeah we had to kind
0: of figure it out as we go yeah Yeah. for sure for sure it could have been a a lot worse but uh it is what it is man i I like that i like the thought of the end of the month the end of june uh the end of the fiscal year (laughs) a lot of different ends to to start a new beginning right Right. that's that's a great way to to work it Alright, we're gonna
1: Were you actually about to do that? Yeah, that was perfect. You Dang, read my mind. I totally jumped you on it. I was like, all right, that's the end of that one. I'm gonna jump right in. But then you were like, We're gonna. Anyway, um I wanted a second shot at this one because I felt like I didn't give it quite enough. So uh Ham's insurance tip of the day, for the second time, is still earthquake insurance. So I think the message that I really want to get clear to people isn't so much that earthquake is a separate policy from your homeowner's insurance. I think most people do know that. I think what most people tend to forget is that earthquake insurance has huge deductibles. Okay, So be prepared. The lowest that I've seen is actually 2.5 percent I've seen as as low as 2.5 percent uh, but on average you're gonna see probably somewhere in the range of 10 to 15 percent deductible so when your home is damaged because of an earthquake you have a five hundred thousand dollar home your uh your deductible is fifty thousand dollars so you're gonna be coming out of pocket fifty thousand dollars before the insurance comes in and takes care of the rest a lot of people might think well why would I get Earthquake insurance, if I got to come out of pocket, $50,000. Well, because there's still another $450,000 that your uh, home is still valued at. And if you don't have earthquake insurance at all, sorry, so sorry. And it's an exclusion on your policy and you will not be covered. So it's better to have some protection instead of none. But earthquakes are so, uh, you know mass and volume. They're, 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 they cause so much damage around uh, the cities and the areas that they, def- that they affect uh, that er- companies have to have these high deductibles so that they're not paying for all the little damages. They're only paying for the big damages. So there you go. There's Ham's earthquake, uh, Ham's insurance tip of the day on earthquake insurance. Be sure to get it if you don't already have it. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at broham.
0: By the way, we live in California, dude. It's like, uh, that's a thing. Like in, in, in the other parts of the country, it might be a tornado. It might be a hurricane. For us, earthquakes, earthquakes are just a thing. And wildfires. Right? Earthquakes and wildfires. So. Earthquakes we, and wildfires. We probably had
3: three earthquakes during the show already. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Probably, yeah.
0: Don't don't, so. don't scare everybody else in the country. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Let's scare everybody else <laughs> in the country. That way you guys aren't coming over here and trying to buy up all, all our properties, raise our property taxes <laughs> and property. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? We already have
1: like the highest values in the country. <laughs> no, I know. It's crazy. It's the weather, man. Yeah. Stay away. Don't make it worse. Don't make it worse. All right, all right? Anyway, yeah, all right. right.
0: They're shaking right now. I'm just climbing <laughs> I'm just playing.
1: <laughs> Back to right. the show.
0: Let's uh, let's do uh, two truths and a lie. You ready, Joe?
3: Let's do it. Yeah.
2: All right, so oh. we're bringing James back into the mix here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, Joe, here's how it works. You're gonna tell us two truths and a lie. And James and I are gonna try to guess. Uh, which one is a lie? Now I'm gonna premise this one. James, he worked with Pipple. So some of his truths and a lie could be oh. quite extravagant <laughs> here. So we'll that. see, we'll see what we can do. Here we go, Joe. Go ahead.
3: Okay, so I had to write these down so I don't screw them up because I'm not a good liar. So um, so number one, I helped my clients get a million dollars in revenue since March 15th of this year. That's post-COVID. Number two is I graduated college at 19 years old. And mm. number three is I once worked at ninety point three Jammin Z ninety in San Diego.
0: What Z huh,
3: ninety? Is,
0: is that still a radio station? I believe so, but is it's, it's still okay. Called
3: Jammin Z ninety though. I was I was wondering that as I was. Writing. I think
0: it's just called Z ninety now.
3: Just wow. Z ninety now. Oh, that's no fun. Beats not me, man. Anymore.
0: I listen to the Business Bros podcast while I drive.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just just to critique yourself. Exactly. Just to selfish crit- plug. Selfish plug. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Oh, nice. So, um, I'm gonna go with. who He knew z 90. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that one. Well, I
3: did um, live in San Diego for five years. So. You know.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go with college at 19. I'm gonna call that one a lie, James. What do you think? Which one do you think is a
1: lie? Uh yeah, the same one. I'm gonna say college at 19. Yeah, see, I'm not good at lying. It's,
3: it's uh... all <laughs> <laughs> like
2: good. It's all like, good.
3: Man, the lie's hard. Like, I could think of all kinds of stuff that people might not believe that's true, but it's hard to make up a lie. I actually <laughs> graduated college at 20, though. So I was like, you that's know, close. close. That is yeah. close.
1: This well, is the first time that we got it right, though. That is really? the first well, time. Well, I right? suck. <sighs> i I lobbed you a
3: softball yeah yeah it was was, 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 friday i didn't want to take it too hard on you guys so
0: but trip out dude so you've helped your clients earn a million dollars in revenue since the 15th since basically covid took over
3: basically yeah so a lot of that was um you know getting clever with contracts because people have in the event business people have terrible contracts right so uh, when 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 everything was shutting down, my first instinct was like, well, let me call some of my partners and say, hey, people probably owe you money, or they probably, um, you know, there's probably an event that got canceled that they're going to try to pull the rug out on you, and you know, let's look at these contracts and see what we can do. So anyway, through that process, through a couple of vertical builds in in uh, sales development strategies, I've actually earned my my clients about 1.1 to 1.2 million dollars in the last three months, starting on um, you know starting right about when COVID hit.
0: See and, and it's 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 things like that where I don't need much of a resume, dude. It's like look, I have results. Let me show you results. If these are the results you're looking for, this is why you hire me. Show me- Exactly. Right. That's that's what it comes down to, especially during these times where we're having issues, you know, increasing that bottom line. We're looking at things that we need to cut on the expense side, but we fail to look at that revenue side and figure out, look, there's other ways for us to generate revenue Mm -hmm. um, to offset some of these costs. Yes. Fine tune your business. Yes. Trim the fat. But there's also that top line that's called revenue. That's another place where you need to focus your attention on. Shift what you're doing. Take advantage of the database and the customers that you already have and find ways to service them. And and that's, that's huge when it comes to what it is that you're doing all right, you had that other truth. You were here in San Diego five years ago with Z90. Tell me about that. Dude. What we, I mean, I imagine you were in the sales in, in the sales gig on that part.
3: No. So in college, so I went to UCSD, like I said, and um, in college, I just picked up an internship because I was a communications major. And so one of my first internships was a clear channel and they, they put me in Z90. Um, I, I was a huge hip-hop fan. I still am a huge hip-hop fan, so that was like a natural. I knew somebody who was another intern, so I think it was my uh, sophomore year at UCSD. I was like, I got to go get an internship at a hip-hop radio station, so I went up there, and honestly, I loved working at, at Z90. It was great. Great people in the Clear Channel family down there in, in San Diego, and it was a blast. Absolute blast.
0: Did you know uh, DJ Play, Carlos? DJ Play?
3: Uh, he was one I of this was, so I don't know how, when he came around, but this was, uh, probably four to five, maybe I was there.
0: He might've been there around that time. So he's, a, he's a guy I went to high school with oh, and really? he'd been, he'd been, I mean, he always had that radio voice. Right. And uh, so he he'd been working with Z90. I don't know if it's an intern, nat- late night DJ, whatever. Uh, since like, since we were in high school, dude, he's been there since. So it's, cool. it's kind of cool to, to, you know, meet with people in the radio gig. So I, I want you to kind of make a comparison. Now you were in the radio business and now like podcasting has just like swept the, I can't even call them airwaves cause we're on the internet waves, but right. it's a whole new meeting that people are, are listening to. What, what advice would you give me as a podcaster uh, that could help me from your experience in radio?
3: So it's funny. So I listened to a bunch of podcasts. I used to commute an hour each way. So I was like, you know, ripping through podcasts like nobody's business. I mean, that's really all I did, whether it was murder investigation, whether it was, you know, about a topic or history, sports. Obviously, I'm a sports fan, uh, music. So I think but the best podcasts I've ever really listened to are just really great at the art of storytelling. And they let you take a journey with them. And they're not perfect. Right. Some sometimes when a podcast is like too buttoned up, you're like, eh, you know, I, this isn't real life to me. Like that I can't relate to this. So um it's funny that you asked that because I'm actually uh, me and my buddy John Case, who you guys have had on the show, have been talking a lot recently about starting a show, maybe a podcast, but definitely a show of some sort. And so we got it to the point where we just pushed out our first uh, our first video on YouTube um, of the show. We cut the show last Sunday. We're kind of putting it out in segments. We're total rookies at this. We're asking people to just kind of ride along as we, as we build this. But, but my advice to you is, is, you know, ask great, engaging follow-up questions. You guys are already, you know, you're, you're great at this already, but it's, it's my favorite thing in, a, in an interview format podcast like this is like, ask the question that was on my mind when the guy said, whatever he said, like when, when, when your listener said, well, when's, you know, ask him when events are coming back. Like, that's a great follow-up question. Like you got to be able to be in your, uh, listeners head and say, well, this is exactly what they would want to know right now. And then ask that question. And you, when you're in your car as a listener, you're like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I want to know. That's, that's the question that was on my mind. So I think that's the, the best advice I could give, but uh, you know, I'm still making my way in this industry as well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love that advice. And it, it's, it's weird because um, it's one of those like limiting uh, factors that you put, you place on yourself. It, it, it's the same reason why you're afraid to pick up the phone when you're in sales, the same reason why you're afraid to knock on that door. You're always worried about what that other person's going to say. And you need to overcome that fear period in almost sure. any industry podcasting the same way. When I'm interviewing somebody, there's sometimes I, there's, a, you know, early on it was something I'd want to ask and I would stop myself. Cause I'm like, I don't want to offend them or I don't want right. to sound the wrong way. And now I'm just like, now, I got to the point where I'm just going to ask it and I'm just going to go like with whatever. Like, for example, you said you liked hip hop. Who's your favorite rapper?
3: So, my favorite rapper is J. Cole. Um, my favorite rapper of all time is not J. Cole, but my favorite rapper right now is J. Cole. My favorite rapper of all time is Jadakiss. So, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit old school, a little bit of new. But r- right now, J. Cole, everything he does is just, in my opinion, just right on. So, I'm just following him.
0: See, I'm an Eminem fan. I know yeah. everybody, it, it, dude, he's got such command of the English language syllable rapper. Like, I. <laughs>
3: He he, definitely, he he doesn't ride the beat he weaves around the beat right that's yeah. the impressive part about eminem for
0: sure I, I, I anytime i anytime he's on a track with any artist it's like that artist you listen to him and they're like damn I, he's good right and then M comes and he drops his stuff and i'm like dude he just blew it out of the water yeah, like even I, I don't know how you do it. it's not even fair that's exactly yeah. what i say every single time my kids but now, be in I the know. Car.
1: but now i know which overlay needs to be added here we need to throw your uh, your Eminem cover up here. Right?
0: <laughs> That's right. So I wrote a parody recently – or I mean, not recently, like a few months ago, and uh-huh. I, I redid The Real Slim Shady for Gary Vee, so The Real Gary Vee. Uh, uh-huh. Dude, trying to write a parody and mimic Eminem is hard enough. Like, I can't even imagine, like, being an artist and saying – Hey, uh, so M said he he'll be on a on a, on a record with you. I'm like, oh, sweet! Like, can you imagine? Like, all of a sudden, that pressure that you have, yeah. like your skill the level. It. <laughs> yeah, you think you're a pro because you sold millions of albums, but now you're with this guy who's a freaking rap god. Like, it's it's amazing, dude.
3: What would you think of the album? The was it music to be murdered by or songs to be murdered by? I can't remember. Yeah, the yeah. Name, the latest I, album. What would you think of it,
0: dude? I think he killed it again. I mean, there's yeah. I I thought some of the rappers that he brought on, um, eh. Right? Like, I didn't think they did very well. He's kind of
3: been doing that, though. He's kind of like his last three albums, he's taking some risks on who he brought on. But maybe that's to pump himself up, right? You're like, okay, clearly this guy's a legend and he's bringing on people that he's just trying to kind of bring up and through the ranks.
0: See, I think that's how people see it. But I think it's the other way. I think it's more like he's like, dude, I already have reached the epitome of my like. I compete with myself. I don't compete with any of you. He's like yeah. Tiger Woods of freaking rap, right? Like nobody, who, no, I don't compete with Michael Jordan. Same thing. I'm, I work to get myself better. Kobe Bryant, same thing, right? So right. I think he's at that status. And I think it's more of a, look, I see you hustling. I see you doing your thing. Let me give you a shot. Let yeah. me let, let let me give you the opportunity so that other people can hear you. Uh, the only thing is you're right. It sounds like, look at this guy. He's on here. He's cool. And then boom, <laughs> M shows up and like, you know, it's it's a whole different ballgame, but All at least right, we know Daddy. who
3: that person is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Can sit down, daddy's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> dude, I just imagine like not in my house, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> no, man, hey, dude. I, I just want to say, you know, I I really enjoyed uh, having you on the show. I I episode number one is a start. Yeah. My advice to you is make it a lifestyle. Whatever it is that you guys, you guys are gonna do, you, I mean, John, Mister, you know, real estate attorney John, he's he's a cool guy. Um, I actually I remember having a conversation with him recently, and I think we were talking about you getting you on the show. Yeah. Uh, and and literally, I was shopping at Walmart, and it was during COVID. And he said he said that he had been talking to you uh, over playing video games. Right. And, he, uh-huh. and you you, asked him about, you know, Hey man, you want to go to Walmart? And he's like, this is the world that we've come to. My, my, my boy's asking me out on a date to go grocery shopping.
3: <laughs> <laughs> get your mask. Let's go. Come on. Let's
0: go get your mask. Let's go. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, whatever it is that you guys commit to do, pick a day, you're going to do it on and just continue to do it every single day make it that lifestyle like once it's on your calendar stick to it and you're not going to be great at first you're going to have to fill your rhythm with that other person uh but you're going to get better as you as you stick to it so you know practice makes perfect and that's a lie because there's no such thing as perfect perfect is the enemy of done but it's it's a place to strive for right so you can work towards perfection Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I kept
3: telling John the the uh, there's a documentary on HBO with J Cole where when he released 2014 Forest Hills Drive, and at the end of the when he finally made the album, right. He, he doesn't want to put it out. He listens to the album in every single device he could possibly listen to, whether it's an iPod, whether it's his car, he's, he's, you know, in his bike driving down the street or riding down the street, listening to it. He literally breaks this thing down on every device and he goes back and he tweaks and he makes perfections. And then finally he puts the album out and like, I'm like, that's going to be us. Like we're going to, but, but instead we're going to stumble through this thing for everyone to watch and we're finally going to get it right at some point, you know, or at least to the point where we're happy with it. And then, you know, we'll be J Cole Putting out his album, you know, trying to get it out before the year ends, which is that's what, what
0: it happens. is. That's what it takes. Yeah. That's exactly what it takes. All right, before yep. we end, I want to make sure I, I give shout outs to everybody: Bonnie, uh, Ashton, Jeff. And, uh, and of course, John was on the show. So thank you guys for joining us and commenting. <clears throat> there are other people who's joined us. Of course, uh, all, uh, all the viewers and listeners, we appreciate you guys too. Um, make sure you guys follow us at business bros pots. So you guys can jump on the comment section. We can feature you guys stuff, join the conversation. And of course, look, you guys got events coming up. You guys need a little bit of, of structure and figuring out what to do. Check out my boy Joe here, JDMR Group. Go to his website, jdmrgroup.com. Figure out more about what he's doing. If you're in business, you need a little help, a little guidance. Uh, there's uh, so many different professionals that we work with. Joe's one of them. Go ahead, check out his stuff. And uh, Joe, man, I hope that the entertainment industry comes back sooner rather than later because uh, I'm going to hit you up for some concert tickets, brother. Like- right. <laughs> Everyone wants to go to a concert right now. We can't, we can't wait. <clears throat> We're like next time Pitbull comes in, i to be like jo- Joe. You know what's going on, man. Come on, <laughs> hook it up, brother. Right. <laughs> Let me it. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to buy some of those front row tickets. Meet people backstage. Yeah. Oh man, the wife would love that. All right, brother. Thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, ladies- I really
3: appreciate it, guys. Great job. Thank you,
0: ladies and gents. Enjoy the rest of your Friday afternoon.
2: Have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday. Peace.
0: Bye bye. And we're out